All right, welcome in to another edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as always by Griffin Warner. Griffin, how goes it, man? You know, I survived the uh, mountains of West Virginia, uh, got in there, got a nice come-from-behind victory that looked like it was never going to be in doubt, uh, but thankfully, West Virginia didn't have its best crowd and missed a uh, free-throw line jumper for the win, so uh, it's a good trip. My voice hopefully will return by the end of the show. What were you doing? You were cheering wildly for your horns? Uh, more shrieking just in how we're going to blow a game. Cause every time I go on the road somewhere, but the people were, uh, were awesome. I uh, had a good time out in, uh, in Morgantown and, uh, might be my only trip there. Cause we're leaving the big 12 at an unknown date that might be sooner than people think. Uh, but we'll see. All right. Uh, yeah, if you, if you didn't know, that's why we're recording this podcast a day late and we're going to do something a little bit different to start the pod here. We've, uh, got a predetermined draft order and I guess it makes sense for us to do we'll we'll do uh six picks each we were going to do five but then I guess we like we want to have an even number I suppose uh but we're going to draft our futures and basically decide who who we want who we think is going to win the tournament at this point and it's it's funny that we choose this time to do it because on Saturday anybody you liked at the top you probably like a little bit less now. The top six teams in the AP poll all lose on Saturday, the first time in the history of time that that's happened. Thus, there's not a lot of change at the top of the uh, AP poll because when everybody loses, it's just status quo. Gonzaga number one, Arizona still number two. Um, that's not one and two in the betting odds uh, per se, but they, those are the top two teams in the AP poll. Uh, we drew for order. We're going to snake draft, and I got the first pick. I will say that my first pick probably doesn't need a lot of explanation um, because the Gonzaga Bulldogs, I still think, are the cream of the crop. I thought that that was a clunky performance uh, against St. Mary's. I, I don't really know if what I saw was, well, they're in trouble now, or they were just at some point, you've got to let, let off the gas a little bit, but they, they, every conference game they'd won, that was their first conference loss. Every game that they'd won had been by double digits and they just weren't competitive in this game. So I, I'm, I'm not sounding alarm bells. I still think they're the best team. I still think that their front court is going to be really problematic uh, and their backcourt is good enough that you can't really throw extra bodies down low to to stop them. So I will use uh, I'll use my number one pick on the Zags, Griff. Who do you like? Take two of them, in fact. Yeah, I get two, uh, which might even it out a little, but probably will not because I think everyone's going to have Gonzaga in their title game in some form or fashion in the bracket. And that's I think a little bit why we're doing this, trying to give. Uh, the people some ideas of who to pick because you ultimately need to get the champion right if you're going to win your bracket pool. Um, of course, all for fun, or is it really? I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> so my two picks. Uh, I'll go first with Purdue as uh, my, so I guess, Sneaky. two overall. Sneaky, yeah. I'm not sure that I'm going by the, uh, the most recent AP poll, to say the least, but uh, after all six lost that last weekend, I mean, maybe it makes sense to look a little bit outside. Though Purdue, uh, I think, was one of those losers, and uh, ultimately the, what I see about them is, is some 
problems in guard play, but they have uh, the biggest front court, the deepest front court. Uh, I think the most difficult front court to play against besides the already drafted Gonzaga. And I think what uh, Zach Eady and Travion Williams will do is they are going to foul out a lot of really good teams. And as we've seen some, from some of their opponents this year, there just aren't a lot of deep front courts. I feel like big men are a thing of the past. Uh, not that they're, aren't tall people out there, but I feel like the really solid, important go-to big guy doesn't really exist as much in the game this year. And I think that's a problem for anybody trying to deal with Purdue. So that, that'll be my first of the two picks. Next, I'll go Duke based on Coach K, who is uh, in his final season. I mean, that would be all what everyone, all the writers want, which is really not what I want. But uh, I do think that Duke has a level that they can get to that not a lot of teams do because they're so athletic. Uh, I think Mark Williams inside is a great shot blocker will, will, will be a problem that might even force teams that face Duke to avoid trying to go to the rim, which would be a big issue. Uh, and then Paolo Bancaro is really hard to guard. So uh, that'll be my quick rendition on my two picks. If, if you want me to go further, I can. No, that's good, man. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take Arizona next. I, I think they are sort of, Gonzaga light, uh, Gonzaga young, maybe. I, I'm I'm a little nervous that they're running out of steam, which we will get to Arizona uh, in their game against USC when we get into the game previews. But I still think they are one of the most talented teams. They're another team that's really good in the front court and has an All-American on the wing in Matherin. So uh, I like their coach. I like the players. I like their upside. Um so I will go with Arizona for my second pick, and I will go. Oh, I, I'm surprised that I'm going to say this, but I will go with Kentucky as my uh, as my third leg here. I, I just think it, normally this seems like the time of year where a Kentucky team is peaking because they're they're young and they're coming together. This team's lost two of their last four. Um, I, I I don't think that that means that the the you know the sky is falling this is still a team that didn't you know that they they've they came together this year they're not young but most of these guys are playing together for the first time I still think there's room to grow for these guys and they hit a tough part of their schedule late so uh I obviously Cal's a guy that you don't mind having uh and I think that they've basically got two free squares before before they get into the uh the conference tournament so I don't expect them to be gassed out going into that so uh, Kentucky will be my third pick. Where are you going? All right. My two, I'll go. I was going to take Kentucky if you didn't. So um, so that's understandable. I'm going to go Kansas with pick number three for me. Um, I, I don't love Remy Martin or really trying to uh, back him, but I feel like he hasn't really been a huge part of that team and might just be one of those. If he's healthy for the tournament, might be a big help to – the Oshai Obaji show, um, awesome, awesome three-point shooter, really tough to, to defend, and he basically makes the defenses really focus on him. David McCormack is, is going to give you the interior that you really need, great offensive rebound percentage, as we talked about on the pod so far. Uh, Lightfoot is a decent backup, and then I think the talent around Abaji in the backcourt is, is pretty good. I, I mean, it's not as high as it's ever been at KU, clearly. Uh, but I think they've got enough players that enough guys that can go uh, crowd will always be there supporting them. And Bill self has done it before. I mean, not a lot of people love him as an in-game game coach, but I think there is some value to uh, 
for as as far as he's gone so far. Uh, next, I'll go with Auburn, um, who. I'm not as in love with recently and certainly are coming down to earth, but I think in a tournament setting, they're really scary uh, because they can bludgeon teams and run far away as quickly as possible. Uh, And that's really what you need to do is, is not have one of those big leads, lose it and then have to win the game again. I think Auburn certainly could be or fall victim uh, and go out a little bit earlier than probably all the, all the other national title contender picks that we're making. But I do think that uh, the run they made to the Final Four a few years ago has kind of shown what this program can do if they hit a hot streak. Uh, and I think ultimately having uh, a potential number one pick in your lineup is never a bad thing either. All right. Uh, my next two picks, I will start with Villanova. Uh, I They've had a down year, I guess, by Jay Wright Villanova standards. I still feel like they're really good offensively. They're they're not they're not going to put up a hundo on you, but they're they're going to they're going to hit shots when it matters. Uh, I tr- I trust them to to win big games because I've seen Jay Wright do it. You know, obviously what what we saw against Connecticut, what it wasn't like a a, a massive failure there i mean and they're still going to end up going 14 and 4 in conference that's where they're at now 14 and 4 in conference i think they're going to end up going 16 and 4 in conference this is going to be a, a you know a 22 23 team uh win team at the end of the season so even while it's been a down year they've played a lot better in the second half of the season uh they tested themselves early i think it pays off late so i will go villanova and You'll laugh at this one, I'm sure, but I'll take Tennessee, another team that I think is getting better as the season goes on. I don't know if their offense is good enough to win a title, but I know that their defense is going to keep them in every game. And they're they're a very difficult team to run away from, and they've got the kind of players who, you know, if, if they heat up, if the guard play heats up at the right time, they're a team that can score enough to, uh, to win some big games. So I'll go Villanova and Tennessee for my two. I mean, very consistent. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you've uh, kind of hung around with them, though I know there's been some ups and downs this uh, this season. Um, I'll I'll take for my last two since we're going six each. Uh, I'll go with uh, I'm going to go with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, I'm a believer in that defense, and I think that while their offense certainly has some problems, I think that they're going to be really well, like tough for anyone to play against including, as we saw, Tennessee yep. shoot like one for 20 or something like that from three at MSG earlier in the season. Um, certainly plenty to, to be desired with that offense, but I, I think Texas Tech is a lot deeper than a lot of people think uh, and, and kind of had to be that way because they dealt with so many injuries and COVID stuff and Terrence Shannon, who's in and out of the lineup every, every game, it seems. Uh, but if they can be healthy, I think that defense – will play. And then uh, also to, to follow along with your consistency pick in Tennessee, because you were on them, I think earlier in the season, uh, I'm going to stick with my future that I have locked in at 66 to one, which I did point out on the uh, initial podcast, the USC Trojans. We're going to get to them in a little while uh, more in depth, but um, I mean, they made a deep run last season. Uh, they're certainly not pretty offensively at times, but uh, the way Max Peterson's shooting lately, I mean, it's hard to really think. And I think what happened with them last year is they play good defense and they got hot from three. They still have a lot of those players available. Boogie Ellis was a huge, huge addition that I don't know if anybody really saw him being this good. And they're so tall that no one can get a rebound. And I feel like USC might be one of those teams 
who can can maybe potentially throw some wrenches at the big guys that you'd see from Illinois, who we notably didn't pick, Purdue, who I went with my first pick, and then also with Arizona and Gonzaga that have all the trees. I'm down to my last pick, and you just mentioned we didn't pick Illinois, and part of me wants to because I, I'm a believer in in that coach. I'm a believer in the guys that they've got. For whatever reason, they're just not playing great ball. So I, I am going to leave them on the table, and I I don't feel like this is a team that's going to win the title, but I, if I've got to pick a, a sixth team, I, I think it's going to be the Baylor Bears. Um, the hope is that, you know, Two weeks from now, whenever whenever things really get into a swing, they're healthier than they've been the last few weeks. The win against Kansas really kind of makes me feel good about them. Uh, although it does feel like they're a team that's going to play – like if the NCAA tournament was played at home, they'd have a lot better chance. Um, but I'll just take the team that's been there and done it. I know it's unlikely that they repeat. And again, I, I think I'm stretching to find a six team here. But uh, I'll go with Baylor, who sits at third in Ken Palm still, despite not feeling like a a really great team. And I think we talked about last week, um, they don't feel like a great defensive team, even though they're defensive. The, the analytics say that they are a really good defensive team. So Baylor will wrap up my choices. Well, I'm surprised you didn't take the Providence Friars, but I know that they are uh, probably no, the you. most pol- polarizing team on Twitter, <laughs> yet they are number nine in the AP poll that I'm looking at right now. Which yep. Is you could have had them. You could have had them. All right. Let's get into well, – and we'll laugh at each other. And, uh, and one, you know, the likelihood is now that Illinois will win the national title, <laughs> yeah. is, I think, or, or, or UCLA Yeah, we get one Houston. final four team. That's what we're shooting for out of our 12. That's, that's <laughs> the goal. All right, let's look at the games this week. And we will start in the Big Ten with a team that, that you drafted first overall. It's uh, with Purdue. We're going to call them two-point favorites on the road at Wisconsin. Yeah, and, and I guess I'll start, you know, especially if I'm uh, going to put my neck out there. I just, I see Purdue as one of those teams, and I actually specifically remember the game against Wisconsin, which they lost at home. So this is a bit of a, a rematch, revenge game type situation. But I think Purdue is basically fouling out the entire Wisconsin front line and then hit a lull, and Johnny Davis really took over and really controlled everything and, and did enough to win Dominated the game. that game. Yeah, I mean, I... It's still kind of amazing to see a team that was in that like deep of foul trouble coming back and winning on the road in, in Mackey, which is certainly saying something. Also interesting that neither of us picks Wisconsin to win the title. Um, but I think from where I sit with Wisconsin, they're at home, which is going to help them with shooting. Uh, they shot well this weekend at Rutgers and got a win, which was a, a surprising for me because I picked Rutgers. But uh, ultimately one of those where I don't think that Wisconsin is really got the offense that you can trust. So, um, and I don't think that they really have a great situation on the interior to defend Purdue. And that are two really, really big things. If you're playing against Purdue, you need to be able to score, uh, with them or potentially better than them. And you need to be able to defend the interior. I just don't know how that's going to happen. Certainly Wisconsin is going to play a really slow paced game. I just, I don't know if I, I really have a lot of interest in the batters, even as an underdog here. Yeah, it feels like a lot's lining up for Purdue here. They're coming off the loss to Michigan State. They lost at home to Wisconsin back in January. So this feels like the right spot. But betting them on the road is not a whole lot of fun. And they've lost at Rutgers, lost at Indiana, both Michigan schools. 
And Wisconsin, Wisconsin just—I think they're just better than I thought they were. They're six and two ATS as a dog, and if they get a win here, all they need is the free square game against Nebraska, and they win the regular season Big Ten title. Which I, I guess if I if I hadn't been watching the standings, I, I wouldn't have thought that they were going to win the Big Ten. And a win here basically says they win the Big Ten. Uh, you mentioned Johnny Davis, the best game of his career in that first game, uh, 37 points, 14 rebounds. But Zach Eady had his way too. He scored 24 points on 10 of 17 shooting. The problem was the guard play was awful. Jaden Ivey stunk. Sa- Sasha Stefanovic stunk. Those two guys combined to shoot 5 of 17. I-, I-, I kind of lean a bounce back for Purdue here, but – it's hard for me to trust them away from home right now. So it's probably going to end up being a pass for me, but a, a lean towards the Boilermakers. Yeah, it might be one of those where they went kind of a shock upset win the first time uh, in the season. Second time they play, you might not want to play that team, which would mean avoid Wisconsin if you're, if you're uh, not sure that they're going to win this game. All right, let's head to the Pac-12 where two of our our picks go head to head here. Arizona, we're going to project about minus 3 at the USC Trojans. Do you need to get that? Uh, you know, mom's just trying to get on the podcast. <laughs> uh, figure I'll give listen, her a chance. Listen, Mama Warner, let's talk later. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, uh rookie move not muting all the devices, but I think I've got too many Apple things running around this place. Anyway, <laughs> uh so yeah, USC 3-point dog, you know, um They've been pretty good as a dog lately, I got to say, and I haven't really been taking advantage of it as much as I kind of had hoped. Um, Thought about betting them against Oregon this weekend, had a a back and forth game that maybe they didn't deserve to win, but certainly looked like they deserved to cover. Uh, And then as a home dog against UCLA in a big rivalry game against a team that never beats them, uh, somehow laid off that one too. So, you know, as a futures backer, I wish I had a little bit more faith in them, but ultimately, and actually see a line out right now, four and a half point dogs were pretty much across the, uh, across the lane. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in this USC team. I mean, say what you want about a USC home crowd, probably not going to be, uh, the loudest, uh, but you know, a 10 PM central time start. So 8 PM local, uh, maybe traffic will only be a couple hours to get to the game at that point in LA. <laughs> um, and certainly Arizona has got a ton of people in South, Southern California and they'll be, that's the pr- probably biggest problem with playing at USC is, is Arizona's gonna have a lot of those tickets. But in terms of this matchup, I mean, kind of what we talked about so far, they're both really, really tall. Um, I think USC is going to make it hard on some kind of relatively inexperienced guards, as you called Arizona young Gonzaga. Uh, I just feel like the Arizona backcourt hasn't really been tested on the levels that a lot of the other teams have. And USC are, are filled with vets, made a deep run in the NCAA tournament last year. And Boogie Ellis is a really scary guy to play against. Uh, I think he had an injury issue, so we'll see what, what his availability is. But certainly as a four and a half point dog at home where USC can kind of hang around lose that by a possession and still cover quite comfortably. Uh, that's the side I want. Yeah. It's a side I lean to. And it's, it's tempting because you haven't seen a lot of games, at least in conference play where you've seen Arizona, you know, giving less than five points. It hasn't happened much And USC. It, it, like they are, they're playing well. They've won six straight games, but if man, it feels like they've been playing with fire. Uh, the, I mean, the fact that they took two overtimes to beat Oregon State is a little concerning. Um, they they beat Washington State by two at home. 
they didn't they were never able to really run away from Pacific a couple weeks ago. Uh, so it, there's there's been some data points. They're winning these games, which is great. Uh, but that's all come since that Arizona loss. I think the one thing that you've got to say positively for for USC is that Arizona game, even though they lost 72 to 63. That's not a bad data point to me for USC. Like going to Arizona, holding them to 72 points uh, means that that's that's the kind of game that you have to play against Arizona to beat them. If this game if that game were played in the 90s, USC is not winning that game. So they were at least able to dictate the pace. I think they should be able to do that again. Four and a half feels like too many for me. Uh, if 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 uh, Arizona hadn't been able to, I guess I say they held, I, I guess if USC hadn't shot seven of 30 from three in the first game, it might've been a different result. So maybe the cats are running out of steam, you know, because they are a young team. So it's, it's USC or pass for me in this one. Yeah. And, and ultimately uh, from watching that game and, and betting USC in that one, USC led for a lot of that game in the second half. So, uh, I'm a believer, and uh, I hate to do this to you, AJ, but I think I'm going to circle around and make that my best bet because I think that USC is going to win this game and they shouldn't be an underdog at home. I don't blame you. I mean, you're getting an extra point and a half over what we were kind of projecting, so you're getting outside, not just outside of the one possession, but really out that to, to two full possessions. So I, I like that. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. So that'll be Griffin's best bet, USC plus four and a half. The other number that's out and available now, there's four and a halves and fives on this one. Michigan State at Michigan. Are you surprised to see Michigan as such a heavy favorite given all the turmoil around their program the last couple of weeks? No, uh, I'm not. I mean, I think Phil Martelli is certainly capable. Um, and, you know, I feel like Juwan Howard getting him away from the program is not a terrible thing right now. Um, I don't like really fault them for losing to Illinois. Tough game. Yeah, it was at home, but really good team. Was close to being drafted in our top 12 title contenders, but didn't make the cut. Um, I, I think Juwan has kind of shown that he's not very mature and, and maybe from the like missing, the kind of just jumping from NBA assistant to the college bench that I feel like there are a couple steps that were, were not taken and I'm not at all faulting. I mean, he, I think he won AP coach of the year or something last year. So he clearly knows what he's doing. He's good at what he, what he does. Um, but I, I'm not as worried about any sort of distractions type of thing. I think Michigan will be very focused for a Michigan state team that's coming in rivalry game and also knowing that they need wins because 15 and 12 is a pretty ugly record to try to get in the NCAA tournament whether you're playing 20 conference games or not I also think it's not a bad situation for Michigan because Michigan State has been playing so poorly uh, and still have kind of the name recognition so this is like almost a perfect situation for Michigan to try to get their resume as pretty as possible before uh, March ends up coming. I do know that that Michigan State did beat Purdue on a last second three this weekend, um, but I think Mich- that that also helps Michigan in, in trying to win this game. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't want to bet on either one of these teams right now. I'm against both these teams going forward. I don't think either one is very good. Uh, Michigan had a, a nice spot at home against Illinois this week. A t- an Illinois team that we, I mean, we talked about that is not playing nearly as well as they were early in the season. And they got their ass kicked. That was not really a competitive game at home against Illinois. So, um, and everything you said about Michigan State holds true. 
I think that neither one of these teams are are teams that I'm looking to back right now. But if I had to, I'd probably lean to Michigan State just because five and a half, five five points or four and a half five points, depending on your book, just feels like more than I trust you know Michigan to go out and, and get a win by right now. I I, I don't I, I I'm with you on the the idea that there's not a huge coaching drop off right now. But I just think that this team is we the the bad start that they had, and people thought maybe they'd put it together. I, I just think that life with Hunter Dickinson as the focus of your offense just isn't as as easy as they thought it would be, and it's not going to be as effective as they thought it would be. It's a lot easier when Hunter Dickinson's like the guy inside, while while Wagner and and Livers just tear it up. But without those guys, and none of the none of the freshmen have become that guy. Michigan's just not a very good team. So, um, and, and I do think that no matter what happens, it, that Michigan State's got a coaching edge here. So I, I would certainly lean to the Spartans, but I, I'm not investing any hard on or hard earned doll hairs on uh, on the Spartans either. So, yeah, I think it'd be good watch and uh, very important for both teams to get things right on the Michigan State side before tournaments start coming around because it's not been going well until that Purdue win this weekend. And then for Michigan, they need, and that pressure is never good, especially as probably a favorite that we think is a little bigger than we'd expect. Uh, never, never a good combination when you, that favorite has to win. So those were all Tuesday games. Let's go to Wednesday for our last one here. And we will go with UConn projected minus two on the road at Creighton. And it's been a tough place to go. It's been a tough place to go win uh, for Big East teams. Creighton only one home loss this year. That was to Xavier, uh, at least in, in conference play. What do you think about Creighton and UConn? So UConn, five straight wins. A uh, little bit under the radar, though Villanova completely capitulated at the end. Um, and kind of throw that against Creighton's, I think it's six out of the last seven until a, a blowout loss, the aforementioned Providence Friars, dark horse national title team now ranked number nine. Um, you know, Creighton's a, a, a tough team for me to talk about. They have some really, really bad performances in them. And they also, uh, I mean, normally home at home, they're a really scary team, but I've, I've watched them my best bet was against Xavier where they had a 17 point halftime lead and lost by double digits, which is really hard to do at home from a team that isn't exactly the uh, picked in our top 12, most likely national championships draft. Um, I think from where I sit also trying to figure out what Creighton is without Ryan Nemhard, who I think is lost for the season and was their point guard and their do everything guy. I think he, his turnover rates weren't great. Three point shooting 31%, not great. But ultimately, having to get a different guy to carry the ball or push the ball up the floor is a little bit of a problem, I think. And, you know, the Hurley defense, no matter which Hurley it is, is always going to be in your face trying to make it hard for you to get the ball across half court. And that makes me worried about a Creighton team that struggles with turnovers. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, the game at, uh, at Creighton was odd. In that the Creighton, I mean, this was a the final score in that game was fifty nine to fifty five, and Creighton was up thirty four twenty two at one point in that game, and there was a 
19 to five run in the second half and basically just took them out of the game and they ended up coming back and winning but man it it was just so uncomfortable because they couldn't get any offense going they couldn't make a shot um of course UConn didn't have their best day either that's how a 59-55 game comes together this is just the, the way that they're playing right now it's hard for me to say even with Creighton at home this round, I, I that that they're as good as UConn is. UConn's a team that seems like they're figuring it out. Uh, we talked last week about their coaching situation, which I'm I'm just not crazy about Hurley. I think he's a, a little bit of a loon, and I think he's eventually going to cost his team games. Um, but in this situation, it's if that's the number, if it's two, that's not enough for me to back the home team here. So I'd be unfortunately looking at the road dog or pass. I think home dog or pass for me is, is where I'd sit. I'm, I still need to see what Creighton can do, uh, especially against a pressure defense. And I don't know that I'm, I'm ready to do that here. Uh, but I mean, Hurley already got like a, a technical late at Xavier and yeah. a six point game that uh, was very close to the time and kind of pushed it over the edge uh, in Xavier's favor. So Never a great thing when you're backing somebody with a coach that might get ejected. Uh, and that's certainly any any Hurley on a sideline uh, seems to be uh, a potential. All right. And you uh, have given your best bet. It was USC plus four and a half. My best bet's going to be New Mexico State. And New Mexico State is coming off one of the most stunning losses, I think, of anybody in the entire season if you, if you said at the beginning of the season New Mexico State was going to lose to Chicago State, I would have thought you were out of your mind. But that's what happened. New Mexico State went to Chicago State and lost. And everything that could have gone wrong on that trip went wrong. The team got late. They got into Chicago late. They didn't get a shoot around. Five of the top 11 guys in their rotation couldn't suit up due to injuries or non-COVID illness, including their senior power forward, Johnny McCants who woke up and was just too sick to go to the arena on game day. Uh, they had two backup front court guys who didn't even make the trip. Their their backup point guard, Mario McKinney, was suspended because he got arrested. And all this led to them losing a game that you would have never expected them to lose. And now it means they need to win against SFA to clinch the one seed in the conference tournament. Uh, Stephen F. Austin's won eight games in a row. So seems like, wow, that's a, a six points with a team that's won eight straight. Not bad. In that eight straight, three of those four losses are in, in their conference year. They've, they've gone 12 and four. Three of their four losses have come on the road. And the one home loss was to New Mexico State, 72-58. But in that eight-game winning streak, their only road games are against the 10th, 11th, and 13th teams in the WAC standings, 13th being last. So they, they haven't had a tough road game in a while. Uh, and New Mexico State is not just a tough place to play. It is the toughest place to play in that conference by far. New Mexico State's not lost a conference home game since February of 2017. So Chris Jan says he assumes most of the guys who missed that game on Saturday are going to be back. This, If that's the case, this game on paper shouldn't be much different than the first game. New Mexico State dominated the glass. They're going to have a massive size advantage, and they got a blowout win despite being minus nine in turnovers that day. I think that they handle business here in a spot where 
they feel like they've got to go out and and get this win to to make sure that they are the uh, the top seed in that conference tournament. So New Mexico State minus six hosting Stephen F. Austin will be my best bet. Sweet. And uh, so USC plus four and a half for me going off tomorrow. Uh, and if anybody has. Uh, if anyone wants to jump in our comments on Twitter, on wherever you find these podcasts to tell us why Providence is going to win the national championship, please feel free. No one is going to tell you that. I've got a, I've got a feeling. Uh, so, I mean, may, may, maybe I'm wrong. Like, it, maybe someone hops in and surprises. It's like uh, at E. Cooley uh, says, I think they've got a real chance. Uh, but I think that might be the only one. All right, Griffin, great job as always. Uh, oh, you know what? We didn't talk about. Last week's best bets, which unfortunately neither one of them went well, and my the last time I lost a best bet on this show was Morehead State, and they got a technical foul for hanging on the rim that put them outside the number, and I said, God, that's the biggest dick punch loss that I've had all year, and then Virginia Tech um, beating Miami kind of surpassed that. Miami was up 67-61 with 45 seconds left in, of Miami giving one point. So it was Miami minus one. They're up by six with 45 seconds left. And Virginia Tech outscores them 10-3 to three in the final 45 seconds and wins the game 71-70. Just a brutal, brutal beat. Uh, I was disgusted. You, your game came down to one point as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Kansas state Wildcats could not sweep the Iowa state Cyclones, despite a 13 to two start, which made me feel really good. And then I walked into the Texas West Virginia game, panicked my life away in that one, and then came out to see the, uh, the really tough result there. And then also a Kentucky banked in three at the buzzer to uh, crush a (laughs) minus two that I had in Arkansas. So that was, you know, fun day. It's been a, it's been a tough season, but I feel like we're doing the right thing. If we have the leads, we just need to hold on to them, AJ. That's what we need. It that's the goal, my friend. That is the goal. Hopefully, we get that done this week. But I uh, just wanted to make sure we're, we're not avoiding when we have losers. We're, we're talking about them. It sucks. Uh, hey, go to pregame.com. Use the promo code March, twenty percent off any package, whether it be college basketball, NBA, whatever. Uh, hell, next season's football packages, if that's what you want from any pro. Just use that promo code March at checkout, and you get twenty percent off. All right, Griffin, great job as always. McKenzie, thanks to you for always doing a good job in the back. And we should be back on schedule. We will see you Thursday night to preview the weekend's games. And after that, we're going to be into conference tournament time, boys and girls. So we'll get into that a little bit uh, in next week's episodes. Uh, For Griffin, for McKenzie, thank you for listening. We will talk to you later this week.